Maybe you felt chills or goosebumps. Perhaps it's an overwhelmed feeling of something bigger than you or more complex. Whatever the feeling, God put the response in your soul as a reminder of His presence, power, and glory. It's called awe, and He wants to remind us of it every day in many ways. Join us as we discover how God has used His awe to inspire others to follow Him deeper in their lives. So hello and welcome, and thank you for listening to all by Bruce. We really do appreciate you tuning in, and I think most that are listening believe that the Bible has applications for our lives and our church. But the next and deeper question, can it speak from 2,000 years ago and give us cultural applications? Ones that are familiar, ones that show the familiarity maybe that they had something going on in their lives 2,000 years ago that actually we are experiencing here in the 21st century. We may say yes to that, but if you're like me, I continue to need to trove the depths of that question as I study the Word of God. If you said no or you're not sure, believe me, you're probably not alone. But today we have Carol McLeod, author of 15 books on the Bible, host of two podcasts, a weekly TV show, a conference speaker, and more, to help us answer that question. And she does it through her new book called Timeless, The Living and Enduring Word of God. That's based upon 1 Peter. Carol, thank you for being on and on again. Really appreciate you having here. And look forward to the insight you're going to give us. Thank you so much, Bruce. I always enjoy our conversation. So I really appreciate the invitation. Oh, well, thank you for being here. And I do too. And and so we kind of talked about before we got on, um, you know, begs the question, what is it that after all the books you've written and the different conferences you've done that drew you to doing First Peter? Yeah, so Bruce, you know that I love the Bible. The Bible mm-hmm. has changed my life in, in more ways than I can even talk about. But it's in my heart to help Christians live well. I always say, listen, I can't change your circumstances, but I can help you process them according to the word of God. Mm-hmm. And I think that First Peter is one of those books that has so much punch today that we cannot ignore it. You know, Peter, who was my favorite disciple, and maybe we'll talk about that more later. (laughs) He was writing to a very specific audience. He was writing to a suffering, bullied, and battered church. The church, the early church had been marginalized by the culture. They'd been thrown away. And Nero, who was the ruler in ancient Rome at this time, was an absolute madman. When you read about him historically, Bruce, he's known as one of the cruelest men to ever have lived. Just think about this, Bruce. He was burning Christians at the stake for entertainment so people could applaud and laugh. He was feeding believers in Jesus Christ to starving, ravenous lions for sport. And you know what, Bruce? That's what's happening to the church today. We're being fed to the culture. We're being mocked and scorned. And we have to know how to live well during these times. Bruce, I think that the 21st century Western church has done a really good job of teaching the next generation how to find your identity, how to discover your purpose, how to make declarations, but we have not taught them how to suffer well. And Peter gave the early church hope, and that same hope is ours today. Well, I love your phrasing, and that draws me in as well as your passion for this. And so, Carol, as I 
as I hear that, a little bit of fear does come over me because I think you're right. We've done some really good things. And then we've been in a world, especially here in America, where we haven't had to face the things that that they were facing constantly. So, so help us make a bridge over to that side. What can you tell us from everything you've learned? In America, Bruce, we think that suffering or persecution is when we can't put a manger, manger scene in front of town hall anymore. But what these early Christians went through is really beyond belief. Bruce, I hope we never suffer like that. Mm. But who knows? Look at the church in Korea or the church in India, what right. they're going through. And so this is the good news, though, Bruce. The Bible gives us the answers. The Bible gives us hope and encouragement. And so when we apply the principles found in 1 Peter to our lives today, it takes the fear out of the times in which we're living. That mm. Bruce, if they did it, we can do it. If, if they worshiped, we can worship. If they were kind and harmonious to one another, we can be that way too. If they controlled their tongues, so can we. So, you know, I always say, listen, the Bible was not written so much for our information as it was written for our transformation. And so when we take these principles in scripture, we're transformed from the inside out. God didn't leave us here and say, okay, now do it on your own. No, he gave us the Bible. Carol, am I allowed to steal that? Yes. Not so much for our information, but for our transformation. I love that. <laughs> so, Carol, then let me try and pull some pieces together, at least the way my brain's working. Okay. Um, what are some of the things that the church Peter was writing to, the churches, what were they dealing with that you see in depth as being what we need to deal with today that, that fit? One of the things that Peter told the early church is to rejoice greatly. That, that's what he told them. So are you kidding me, Peter? <laughs> You're telling me when I watch my husband being eaten alive, I am supposed to greatly rejoice. Uh-huh. What? That seems absurd. But you know what, Bruce? I don't have a better idea than God, and neither do you. And yeah. so Peter instructs us to rejoice greatly, even though we've been distressed by various trials, then that is what we need to do. And I love the word that uh, Peter uses. It's found in 1 Peter 1, verses 6 and 7. He uses the Greek word agaliao. And Bruce, it's never used in secular literature of the day. It's a uniquely Christian word. Huh. Yeah, isn't that interesting? And, yeah. and so he tells the suffering church to agaliao, to greatly rejoice in the trial. It's used a couple other times in the New Testament. Mary used it when she found out she was pregnant, unmarried and pregnant. She didn't know where her relationship with Joseph was going to go. Yeah. She didn't know how the people were going to treat her. But when Elizabeth confirmed to Mary that the child she carried was the Messiah, Mary yeah. said, I'm going to agaliao. I'm going to rejoice. Another time this word was used, Jesus himself used it in the Sermon on the Mount when he said, when men persecute you and revile you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake, rejoice 
and be exceedingly glad, agaliao. And so, Bruce, to me, this is one of the most important points of the entire book. Like, if your listeners forget everything else, this is what I want them to remember. When you get a bad doctor's report, what do you do? You rejoice greatly. When you learn that one of your children has left the faith, what do you do? You agaliao, you rejoice greatly. When you lose your job, when life gets hard for Christians, what are we called to do by the pen of Peter, who was inspired by the Holy Spirit? We rejoice greatly. And you know what? This is not a singular call, but when you look at men and women throughout scripture, we've been left this legacy of rejoicing Mm. when our world has imploded. Can I dig a little deeper on that with you? Yes, let's go for it. Okay. So somebody may be listening, or most people may be listening going, Cheryl, that sounds great. That's not where my first thinking goes to. How would you transition this to overcome what thoughts may come into try and ruin that great rejoicing or to, to take it on in the first place? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Bruce, I just want to assure your listeners that I am not Pollyanna with the Bible. Like yes. I am I am not Mary Poppins saying, oh, just a spoonful of sugar. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's not who I am. I, I'm a woman who suffered greatly, Bruce. I've mm-hmm. lost five babies, four of them I held in my hand. Oh, I'm sorry. Because of that, I went through nearly a decade of deep, dark depression. Yeah. Um, I'm a cancer survivor. I was um, eight and a half years ago, I was told that I had two and a half years to live. Wow. And, and here I am. You know, my husband and I have always been in the ministry. He's a missionary. Our finances are challenging all the time. Yeah. And Bruce, you know what? I have prodigals. Like, I gave my whole heart to motherhood, and yet it's not the path that all my children have chosen. Yeah. So when I call a believer, like Peter does, to rejoice greatly when you're in a trial. Listen, I know that it works. So I often worship Bruce with tears rolling down my face because yeah. I've learned you can weep and worship at the same time. Like yes. those two activities are not mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. You can do both at the same time. But I, I can tell you that choosing to rejoice. So when we rejoice, Bruce, we're not ignoring our pain. Yeah. We're, we're not putting it in a neat little box, but we're processing it in a healthy, holy way. And one thing that I remind myself as I worship is that God's not ignoring my pain either. That when I choose to worship the Lord in the middle of the fire, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did, when I choose to worship, I'm acknowledging the fact that I'm not in control, but God is. Yeah. He will write the end of my story well. Elizabeth Elliot, who's one of my heroines of the faith. Oh, my. Yeah. She, yeah. She, she says, if it's not good, it's not over. Because yeah. God has promised to work all things together for good. So we stand on that promise, don't we? Mm-hmm. You just confirm something for me because... My wife and I, and right when our youngest son, we have two sons, youngest son was born. We moved into a house that was next to a gas station and we kept getting sick and stuff. And, and then some 
black ooze came up in the basement. And I, you know, mm. I thought it was the guy's motorcycles that he had in there before. Turned out it was gasoline from the uh, station, and they told us we were at an explosion level. And, wow. Yeah, and so we had to move out right away. And the, the the company gave us all kinds of grief and jerked us around and stuff. And we w- went to a counselor, kind of talked things over. And and he said, we well, should go out in the field and scream and stuff like that. And he looked at me and he goes, you don't look like you want to go out and scream. I go, no, because I think this is really in God's hands. I think he's really doing something here. Yeah, yeah. And just that kind of confirmed I wasn't, because he was making it. I need to go yell and scream and get the, you know, catharsis out. But uh-huh. some reason I felt firm that God was up to something. So that's a great perspective, Bruce. You know, I think about James. Yeah. He said in James chapter one, I think it's verse two, count it all joy whenever various trials come your way. So, so Bruce, like this is going to blow our minds, right? So when we see a trial coming down the highway of our life, what are we supposed to do? According to James, the half brother of Jesus, we're supposed to chalk it up in the joy column. We're supposed to say, because of this trial, I'm going to have more joy. Yeah. It's, wow. Wow. <laughs> Carol, this reminds me of all the backward stuff in the Bible, you know. Right. First will be last, and you're the servant of all become. The, it's just. Yeah, it's called an upside down kingdom, isn't it? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, next, I wanted to ask you, because, you know, you and I both relate to Peter, it sounds like. and uh, Yeah. He's good for putting his foot in his mouth in the, uh, you know, as we see in the New Testament. Mine's a size 14, so that's a pretty good foot I put in my mouth. Um, So tie together for me your love of Peter and how you see him as the one fitting to write this this way. Oh, I know it, Bruce. So, again, Peter is my favorite disciple. And at Bruce, whenever I say that, I feel like I need to say, sorry, John. Yeah, (laughs) I know, John. Peter. And I think it's because I'm so much like him. He was impetuous and opinionated. Uh He slept when he should have been praying. Like, have you ever done that? (laughs) You know, he thought that he had a better idea than Jesus. He, he corrected the Lord. He rebuked the Lord. Have you ever done that? Like, right. (laughs) And he denied Jesus three times. You know, I've never cut off a soldier's ear. That's where Peter and I part ways. Yeah. Um, but, but Peter was also the only disciple who said in the middle of a ferocious storm, Jesus, I want to do what you're doing. Yeah. Like, that's the deci- kind of disciple I want to be. Yeah. But then Peter changed. He matured. And so what, what caused this maturing process in Peter's Mm -hmm. life? I think it's two things, Bruce. First of all, he experienced the risen Christ. Mm -hmm. He like, doesn't that change all of us when we say what? Yes, you are my Lord and my savior. And of course, the second thing was he was filled with the Holy spirit. He, He had a power that was beyond himself. He he went from winning arguments to winning souls. No longer was he impetuous and opinionated, but he became bold and courageous. He wasn't a denier, but he was a proclaimer. And so if there's hope for Peter, like there's hope for me, right? Um, <laughs> there's hope for all of us. And I think the life of Peter assures all of us that broken, imperfect people 
are the only kind of people God uses. You know, Bruce, I think about the day when Jesus chose Peter and Andrew there beside the Sea of Galilee. What Mm -hmm. was it like happenstance that Jesus found them? Oh, no. I I think that the Lord had his eye on Peter from the beginning of time. Seriously. Yeah. And so the Lord chose Peter knowing everything he was and everything he was not. Mm-hmm. It's the this, same with us. Because I think, you know, in First Peter, he talks about those who God foreknew. Yes, yes. I see, see that as being, he's a perfect example of that because, you know, it's kind of like Paul said, God takes the things that are considered worthless yeah. in the world, right, to shame the, the things that think they're worthful. I didn't phrase that right, but. <laughs> yeah. So let me tell you something incredible. So, yeah. so twice in the book of First Peter, Peter talks about gold. I think it's two times. So in heaven, gold is pavement material. Mm. Like we think gold is so impressive and so expensive. But but Peter's when when Peter talks about our faith being more precious than gold, yeah. He I, I think he's reminding us that in heaven, gold is pavement material. Pearls are cement, like what we value on planet earth, it it isn't valuable in heaven, but what (laughs) is valuable is our faith. Yes. Yeah. I I love your comparisons. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Holy Spirit. (laughs) Yeah. Praise God. Oof. As we keep going further with this then, so Peter comes from this kind of background and he says it in a way, what you'd expect the Holy Spirit using his personality to to speak to these people, I just find that there's a calmingness in it. Mm-hmm. What what did you find? What did you all connect? Well, one of the things that I love that Peter said in, in 1 Peter 5, 7, is he said, cast all your cares on him mm-hmm. because he cares for you. Like to me, that's, that's one of those verses, Bruce, that connects the early church to the 21st century church, that this advice never grows old. Uh-uh. It never loses its impact. It has stood the test of time. So let's talk about First Peter 5, 7 for a minute. So yeah. this word cast in the Greek is the Greek word epiripto. And it means actually to violently throw, to hurl something somewhere else. And the word cares is the Greek word merimna. And it means anxiety. Mm. It means something that's causing your soul to be sick. It it means something that you've kept on the inside of you that has literally tormented you. And so this is one of the most powerful invitations in all of scripture, that we are invited by the Holy Spirit to take whatever has consumed us whatever has caused us to stay up at night, to throw them the Lord's way, to just throw them as hard as we can and not take them back. Bruce, when we choose to worry, when we choose to be consumed by whatever we're going through, whether it's seeing what's happening in our culture, in politics, in entertainment, or in our homes, Mm -hmm. when we're consumed with that, Bruce, it's like putting a 1,000-pound weight 
on the back of a kitten. A baby kitten doesn't have the strength to carry that, and, and neither do we. But you know what? The Lord does. So we cast our cares on him. Why? Oh, this is the most beautiful part. He cares for us because he cares about us. I wonder if when Peter gave this advice to the early church, they thought, what? Peter, do you even know what we're going through? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this is powerful advice. Isn't it a lovely invitation? Oh, definitely. Carol, give us some specifics, if you can, in today's world of us doing that. So like you said before, there are plenty of people that are putting down the church, making fun of us, saying things that are harmful to other people or doing things that are even harmful to other people that we'd want to protect. Can you give a couple of examples of how to respond? Oh, man, I sure can, Bruce. First of all, let's talk about social media for a minute. Yeah. Listen, social media is free. The Mm -hmm. Lord has given you this platform, whether you have 200 friends or 5,000 friends for free. So why are you lambasting politicians, talking about how your pastor gets on your nerves, how your spouse doesn't have it all together, how your kids ignore you? Oh, no, 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 no. We don't cast our cares on social media, right? Right. We cast our cares on him. And, and so on social media, listen, post scriptures, post words of encouragement, Post your testimony, encourage people, give them hope, give them joy. Like if you are the only person on social media who speaks a word of joy every day, then do it. Let it be you. So that's practical application number one, okay? okay? Application number two is this. Do something kind for somebody else every single day. Some days it should cost you something. Some days you should slip a single mom a $20 bill and say, hey, take your kids out for ice cream. Some days you should be sending a teenager to church camp or on a missions trip. But but some days you should just be smiling. Some days you should just invite a widow over for coffee. But Bruce, there's something about the human psyche and even secular psychologists agree That when we reach out and human kindness to somebody else, it strengthens us. When we smile at somebody else, it raises our endorphins, which helps us fight off depression. So practical tip number two is just be kind. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I, I know that sometimes, Bruce, I sound like one note, Johnny, but have you opened your Bible today? Yeah. The Bible is not a flat book. The Bible is living and active. And, and if you're depressed, go see your medical doctor. If you're mm-hmm. depressed, find a counselor who will help you peel back the layers of your pain. Yeah. But don't ever forget the power of your faith yeah. in helping you navigate challenges. Read the Bible. Give the Holy Spirit something to work with. Mm-hmm. Hide the word of God in your heart. I hope those things were practical enough. I think so. And, you know, your last point there just reminds me, though, I know you said you feel like a one point Johnny or whatever. Yeah. But how many times have any of us called in 
our computer's not working, blah, 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 TV, and they go, have you plugged it in? Yeah. Check the plugs first. Well, have you plugged into the Bible? And, I you love know, it. Yeah. That's what it reminds me of. It also reminded me of when you said about the kindness, I couldn't help but think when he fed the 5,000, how much was left over for the disciples. Right. And it's that same type idea. You know, as we give Jesus, it's that backwards thing we we're talking about, upside down kingdom. Yeah. Uh, as we give, we actually get, and that's not our purpose in giving. It's just the grace of the Lord. It is. Bruce, one of the stories I tell in the book yeah. is that the day before my freshman year in high school, my mom sat me down. She said she wanted to talk to me. And I thought, oh, no, we're going to have the talk, you know. And, and she said to me, Carol, listen, you're going to start high school tomorrow. And you will not be the prettiest girl in the freshman class. And I thought, uh, well, yeah, I already knew that. Okay. And she said, you will not be the smartest girl in the freshman class. You will not be the most musical, the most popular, or the most athletic girl in the freshman class. And yeah. I thought to myself, well, mom, thanks a lot for believing in me, you know. <laughs> but she said, Carol, what you can do is be the kindest girl in the freshman class. Uh, she said, I want that to be your goal. Uh, and later, Bruce, I found out that her mom had had that same talk with her. Really? Yeah. Of course, I had it with all five of my children. And now I'm having it with my grandchildren. Uh, I that believe, is great. Yeah, the church, we should be known for our kindness, not for our judgment, not for our criticism, not for gossip, not for whining. Yes, we should be known. I just think let, let's be the kindest generation in all of recorded history, right? I dare you, Bruce. I dare your listeners. Come on, let's do it. When we yeah. get to heaven, let, let, let's have the Lord say at some point in eternity, hey, there was a group of people at the first part of the 21st century, and they win. They were the kindest people in all oh. of recorded history. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be cool. Well done, good and faithful, kind servant. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I like that. All right, there's the dare for us all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so as we finish up here, anything else you want to tell people about the book or what you've got next in store or anything that you're rejoicing in at the moment? Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. so it is a book. Timeless is a book that you can just read on your own by yourself, of course. Yeah. But it's a nine-week Bible study, mm -hmm. and each week there are five days to, to read. It'll take you about maybe 20 minutes a day because each chapter has questions. But Bruce had also ordered the leader's guide as yeah. well as the nine video teachings so that you can do it in a Bible study, in a small group, in a book club, in your home, because I love teaching the Word of God. And so it comes with all those components that I would love for your listeners just to check out and, and consider it for their next Bible study. So now I'm writing a, a book on Colossians that will come out next summer. And that book's gonna be called Collide because we often collide with the culture, don't we? So I'm excited about that. I have another book that I'll be writing next titled, oh, I love the title of this book, Bruce. It's titled, Today is a Verb. Um, <laughs> And that will probably come out in 2025. So the Lord keeps opening doors and I keep walking through them. I, Bruce, I always say, wow. I'm going to cross my finish line sweaty, not rusty. 
So, yeah, yeah. You've got great phrases. I love these. Oh, thanks. But I'd love for your listeners to connect with me. My website is carolmccloudministries.com. Join a Bible study. Leave a prayer request. Bruce, I also have an app for your smartphone. Oh. Yeah, isn't that cool? Um, Yeah. Okay. I don't know how much time we have left, but I'll tell one more quick story. So when I was battling cancer those years ago, one of the scriptures the Lord gave me was Acts 13, 36. And it says, and David, so Bruce, first of all, the Holy Spirit was still talking about David a thousand years after he lived. How cool is that? And David, when he served the purposes of God in his own generation, then he went to sleep. And I think the Holy Spirit showed me that we all have purposes that are unique to our own generation. So if I'd been born before the Reformation, I would have been one of those scribes writing out the word of God on parchment. If they let women women do it, I don't know if they did or not. If I I would have been in the 19th century, I would have taken a pony across the Rocky Mountains to tell people about Jesus. But that's not when I was born for impact. My impact is today. Yes. First decades of the 21st century. So I will use everything that's unique to this moment in history to tell the story of Jesus. Social media, podcasting, blogs, TV, publishing industry, smartphones, the internet. That's why we have this, Bruce, is to tell the story of Jesus. I'd love you. This is beautiful. It's beautiful. I think that's a perfect way to end just because uh, you summed it up all right there. And and that's an encouragement for all of us to know your gifts and your abilities and talents and stuff may not be like Carol's or some of the other people around you, but the body all works together and each part by doing its part helps that body work better. And anything else you want to say before we go? Bruce, thank you for all you do. I really appreciate oh. your passion and and how you encourage people. So so thank you, brother. I'm cheering you on. Well, thank you, Carol, and praise God for for that. I do. I mean, I just I do love to get stories of of how people are motivated by their awe of God to do the things that they do, and and you're a perfect example. So thank you very much, and and we'll talk soon. Okay, I can't wait. All right, okay. bye. Bye bye. Hello, this is Mark Pennell, editor of In Awe by Bruce. Bruce often starts his recording with his guest a few minutes early to make sure things are working properly, and they usually talk about nothing specific. In this case, catching up with Carol since the last time they talked. She told him about her goings-on, and he updated her on a shoulder surgery. But before he had a chance to turn off the recorder, I wanted to share what she did to give you a behind-the-scenes listen to what these interactions are like between Bruce and his guests. Hey, before we go, can I just pray for you? Yeah, thank you. Father, I I thank you for Bruce in Jesus' name. Father, I pray you touch him from the top of his head to the tips of his toes. Father, I pray that the healing process would be quick and efficient. Father, I I thank you that... that, that his shoulder is going to heal quickly. Father, we just rebuke pain in Jesus' name, and I thank you for your sweet peace mm-hmm. over his life. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Carol, so much. God bless you. You too. Thanks, Bruce. Bye-bye. All right. We'll see ya. Yep. Bye.